beverages involved here? Also? Oh, they're all good questions. adult beverages. And they're all free. That's the Sounds like heaven, minus the golf. <laughs> right? So I could just drive the golf cart around. If you want to invite me, I'll, um, I'll be the now. caddy. Okay. You got yourself a deal. Okay. Let's make it work. Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Brett Barron's alongside Marley Weird here in our podcast studio on July 3rd. And once again, Marley, we have some good news coming out from the IHSA, or at mm-hmm. least that's what we're going to perceive it as. <laughs> in this day and age, we're going to take any kind of advancement in our protocols and phases for what we can get to as good news. Yeah, anything to to boost morale a little bit. I was uh, feeling a little gloomy this week just because of, you know, we spoke to Illinois linebacker Milo Eifler, and, and he had some concerns about playing this fall, and it just, from the conversation that he had with the media, we spoke to him for about an hour, and it just didn't look good for college football, and I was just kind of typing my scripts. So sad this week. But now high school football could come back, so... That we'll see. Is def- we'll see. All right. <laughs> Take everything right with direction. a grain of salt We're at gonna this point. We're going to chat about your conversation <laughs> with Milo coming up. You also talked to a U of I professor mm-hmm. who had some big-time concerns about college football coming back uh, this fall. We'll talk about the TBT. I'm really excited Ooh. to watch that on Saturday night. I don't know if I've watched it or necessarily been excited about it. I've certainly watched it in the past. Yeah. But like, hey, we've got a bunch of Illini guys in here. I think it's exciting and just going to give us something to do on July 4th on Saturday night, maybe after a long day celebrating or you know, outside mm-hmm. in the sun all day, ready to come in and, and watch some Illini alums playing the TBT. Uh, the MLB is back starting today on Friday. The team's getting back in their host cities, going to start working out, everything else. That's exciting for me as a baseball fan. A couple of Illini in summer leagues, current Illini, and then former Illini. Uh, one of them is on the 60-man roster for the Mariners, and then no minor leagues this year. That means a lot of former Illini yeah. are out of a job for now. And then also, something near and dear to my heart, Stone Creek is coming back next year. The golf course in Urbana, uh, U of I, announces this week that they have been the gracious. A big donation. Uh, receivers <laughs> of a big time donation so we're going to chat all about that coming up but let's start here with this IHSA phase four return to play plan it was known as stage two I think that's the thing that everyone was kind of calling it getting to this point stage one was okayed uh, back in June and allowed these athletes and coaches to get together in some form or fashion it didn't look a lot like sport it was just right. kind of like a workout so to speak they're But they're together, and that was progress to that point after everything had been shut down in March. Now they're calling this Phase 4. So Stage 2 is now known as Phase 4 to match Governor Pritzker's plan of Restore Illinois, which is also the where we're at in our state in in Phase 4. So I think it's good uh, just to clear those up so we're all on the same page here. But my biggest takeaways from this, 20 contact days will now be allowed through June 9th. That's important. Uh, Multiple indoor and outdoor So this is groups of 50. It's including outdoor events and indoor events. Mm -hmm. And if you're outside, it can be multiple groups of 50. That was one of the biggest questions I had because you can't play high school football if it's 50 and it's everybody that's outside, only 50. It's just not possible. But if you can have multiple groups of 50, then you can start to think about playing high school football. You're going to be looking at a lot less on your roster per team, but you can do it with 50 people with coaches and such. And sport equipment now allowed. So you can play catch with a football. You can play catch with a baseball. You can play volleyball. You can do all of these different things now that sport equipment is back. Spotters allowed for lifting with masks. That's another key step Mm -hmm. because these kids haven't been doing much 
for the three months before we got to stage one. Yeah. Now they're trying to work them back in slowly, doing a lot of lifts with no spotters. If you're going to play football, and I'm not trying to just say it's all about football, but a lot of this is about football. If you're going to build muscle to get ready for a season, you need to lift heavy weights. Right. That's important. And lastly, my big takeaways out of this were fans capped to 20%, meaning we can at least have fans because that has been a big question all along. Are you going to be able to have fans? Now if your seating capacity is, let's just say, 2,500, you know, now you're at a point where you can allow some fans yeah. into here. All of this, Marley, to me is just progress. It could go back. It could go <laughs> up. Maybe we'll meet in the middle before we get to stage five or until high school football is supposed to start on August 10th. But we'll see where we're at. Yeah. I mean, and for the most part, this seems like a pretty clear, sure sign of a green light. I don't see any kind of restrictions that would, um, you know, just be limiting these uh, athletes from doing what they typically would be doing during these summer contact days besides the mask wearing for the coaches and things like that. It doesn't seem to be – it almost seems – kind of like it's back to to normal in some way because they did lay out you know oh 30 feet of social distance but realistically what other team besides football is going to have uh more than 50 people right and in the summertime like you mentioned it's not a, for these summer contact days it's not a lot of full team workouts to begin with mm -hmm. a lot of these are small group work or maybe for football you have the linemen you know, and then you have all the skill positions for seven on sevens. And as far as I can tell out of this, this is going to okay seven on seven work. Yeah. You're going to be able to have seven on sevens. And so you can go throw the ball around and compete against each other and have seven on seven tournaments and whatnot. I think that's really promising that we're to that point. You're not going to be able to social distance, though, in that, mm -hmm. right? You know, in volleyball, you can't socially distance in that. Really, the only things I can think of off the top of my head here that you can really socially distance are cross country, golf, and golf, tennis. And tennis. Tennis certainly not something that we cover a lot here at WCIA, but I think it's, it's a right. high school sport in Illinois. It's sanctioned. I think you can socially distance in tennis as well. Other than that, there's really not much you can yeah. social distance in there. So I think this is a compromise saying, okay, you be socially distant when you're not playing your sport or competing or whatever else. Even when you're on the sideline, this verbiage in here states that they're supposed to maintain six feet on the sideline. Coaches are required to wear masks now. They're asking referees in competitions to wear masks. Mm -hmm. But even a summer contact day for basketball. You cannot play basketball without, you know, being you have engaged, to be Yeah, touching, you have to be within You know, all of that. It's just feet. part of the sport. And so, you know, football to me is at the top. You know, of like the most socially engaged sport. I yeah. mean, think about, you know, the linemen in the trenches. You're there on top of each other lots of times, mm -hmm. you know, all wrestling, every, every play, wrestling. Yeah. And this mentions wrestling in here about wearing some headgear, but I don't know how you can wrestle and, you know, you just can't. So to me, this says, okay, we realize that the kids need to move on here. We need to keep progressing in this. You're going to expect it to be socially distant when you're not competing, but when you are, it just kind of is what it is. Yeah. That's how it, I took this. Yeah, which makes I, – I feel like it doesn't make sense then if, okay, if you're not participating in whatever drill, why would you even need to be six feet apart if, you know, two minutes later you're going to hop in the drill and be in contact? Right, and that's uh, where I can't really <laughs> correlate all of that, you know, yeah. into like a – thinking of okay well it just is what it is mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah and i'm i'm wondering too you know how is this enforced what's the penalty if 
the IHSA or, you know, an, an athletic director finds out that you're not adhering to these guidelines. And how many, and this is not a slight on anyone in particular, any school or coach or whatever, but, okay, we're going to follow the rules to a sense. I don't know, when you and I to yeah. my schools, it's already, you know, when they did it in early June about, you know, getting to stage one. All right, hey, are you sick? You feeling well? All right, yep, there's your thermometer thing. Yeah, okay, perfect. here we go, yeah. move on. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's up to each individual AD, coach, school, district, whatever else. And all of this has to be approved by the districts. It can start June 5th which would be on Sunday. So we're talking next week here as we start to move forward here with going out to a practice and seeing a football or, you know, seeing a volleyball match or whatever else in the summer. Um, basketball is huge in the summer, you know, for mm -hmm. these teams to get together and start putting in things and working together, passing and, and shooting, you know, plays, all that kind of stuff for their summer contact days. And this is for all sports, not just fall sports. But this is what it says about contests. Group sizes should be limited to 50 total participants, coaches, and referees. Excludes spectators. That's the 20% there with spectators. Any additional team members can sit on the sidelines six feet apart from one another. During the use of summer contact days, multiple groups of 50 or fewer participants are permitted in an outdoor facility as long as the outdoor facilities allow for social distancing of students, coaches, and spectators, 30 feet of social distancing is maintained between groups opposing teams on the sidelines and areas for each group are clearly marked to discourage interaction between groups outside of competitive game plan. Okay, if you're indoors, you're still going to have to be required to be under that 50-person max, which we were talking before this. Volleyball is fine with that. Yeah, you, what, max maybe 15, 15 on 20 a team? girls? Not yeah, even 20 I, I at the high school level. It might be the max because each sport has a capacity for yeah. the roster limit. I think it might be 15. I can see 17, actually. Maybe yeah, less than 20, let's right. say. So if you had uh, 20 on each team, maybe let's just include coaches in that. Yeah. If you had 20, you're going to have room for your two referees, maybe a scorekeeper, you mm -hmm. know, whatever else that may be, and still fit under that 50 person limit. But that also includes spectators. Yeah. For the indoor portion. So that's the difference there. You you know, your indoor sports may not be able to have as many spectators. Yeah. One parent yeah, allowed. Many, <laughs> right? I mean, that's going to be uh, the, the big difference there. All of these new protocols, quote unquote, are still going to be required to have the athletic directors, coaches, whatever, keeping a log, temperature, are yes. you feeling any symptoms? All of that kind of stuff is not going to go away. So that's, that's only going to continue as part of this. But it's progress, you know, and for five hours a day, that's their max for participation. I don't see this as, like you mentioned, being that much different from a summer contact day that we yeah. had last year or any of the previous decades, you know, before <laughs> we hit a we hit a pandemic. But uh, we'll see. I don't know. We'll talk to some coaches next week when they get out and get on the field. And what's the feeling like, you know, being yeah. able to throw a football or, you know, play volleyball, you know, play pepper, all that kind of stuff that they quote <laughs> haven't been able to do here for the last four months plus. All right, you spoke with Milo Eifler, and I want yeah. to get some a reaction from you on what he said because it right. was kind of a hectic day on Wednesday. Yes, where yeah. Where he tweets out maybe 90 minutes before he's ready to speak to the media on a Zoom conference that he's got some big-time concerns. Then Illinois cancels the Zoom, Yeah, doesn't want him to talk. Five minutes after it was supposed to start. Right, and then <laughs> a couple hours later, Illinois says, oh, wait, Milo is going to be available today. We want him to right. talk, which yeah. I think was important that Illinois came to an agreement and let him have a platform. Yes. 
because it, it looked... But how did this all transpire for you? Right, right, right. Because initially it did not look good when Illinois had postponed the um, initial Zoom call because he came out on Twitter, you know, stating his concerns. He says, quote, schools around the country are showing a blatant disregard for student athletes. That, he later clarified, was more on the NCAA's standpoint rather than Illinois, but the um, email that we received from an Illinois SID said, the Zoom meeting is canceled or postponed to a later date. We want to look into these concerns um, that Milo had said. But blatant um, is a big word. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, hey, right, I'm right, kind right. I'm of worried. Blatant is, <laughs> hey, uh, the, you need to hear my words yeah. here. Red flashing lights. Um, so what they did was they gave him the opportunity to speak with head coach Levy Smith, athletic director Josh Whitman, and I guess he had relayed those concerns to them um, and – I guess Josh Whitman and Lovey had clarified that, hey, we're following all the protocol with what we're doing right now with the summer workouts and everything. But Milo's main concern was, OK, yeah, we're doing fine now, working out and keeping distance and these quarantines and these little bubbles that we're in. But how logistically are we going to be able to have a season? Uh, and that was the main uh, point of this one hour conversation that we had with him. Um, I just asked him I said hey if the season starts today would you get out there and he jokingly was like is there a vaccine I was like well uh, that's more of a question for the the doctors and the scientists but you know he he doesn't feel comfortable or 100% confident getting on the field if there's not a vaccine and uh, part of what he was talking about with the NCAA was uh, he what I'm he didn't flat out say this but I think him and a lot of other players want some kind of compensation that they are putting their health on the line yeah. so that schools can make continue to make millions and millions of dollars they almost want to get paid so to speak I mean if the NFL players are getting back out there the NBA players are getting back out there I mean they're getting million billion dollar salaries these college kids are just getting scholarships and I think that's what um, we got from him it was interesting to hear his comments, and I'm glad that he felt comfortable sharing right? because he got a lot of support from his teammates. Mm -hmm. And if you're getting a lot of support from your teammates, that's one thing. I think that's positive, right? Yeah. But he got an overwhelming amount of support, it seemed like, from his teammates on social media. Mm -hmm. That means that those other teammates are thinking along the same lines he is, right? Yeah. And now there's, there's the courtesy retweet or whatever else, but there were some comments on his retweets and you know, Instagram stuff, too, that was like, okay, he's not the only one thinking this way, mm -hmm. and nor should he be. But thinking something and acting upon something and speaking out upon something is a lot different. So I'm glad that he spoke out about this yeah. because it's what a lot of us are thinking and feeling. It's right? very – all of his concerns were very real and valid, and he brought up a lot of other points, too, of logistics. I mean, if they're not able to fly on a plane, if yeah. they're uh, going to have to take buses everywhere, how does that get them – across the country for an east coast trip when they play Rutgers he mentioned that as well and I think you know they're very real questions that he has and uh, I'm glad that he was able to uh, share them with us but here's a little bit of his conversation that he had uh, with us on Wednesday the football player in me wants to put on pads right now um, but at the same time like you know I just you just got to go through all these little things like just, you know, just leaving the house to go to the grocery store. You like, I know everybody's been kind of like a little scared to like, man, like what if I, what if I go, you know, eat some, eat with my friend on, on Friday, go out, you know, 
to an outdoor seating restaurant or something like that. Just like, you know, you, you want to do those things, but then I know like in the back of your head, you're like, dang, like, I don't know, like, dude, is it right? The NCAA knows what's going on right now. They, they, they know that, um, you know, we're kind of at risk for continuing uh, with practicing and, you know, with, with the playing of sports. Uh, and I'm sure they're, uh, you know, from, from their perspective, sure, you know, they would want a college football season to happen, but do they really know how, like, do they really know what we're going through? That's, that's all I'm saying. Like, just to bring awareness to, you know, what we're really going through. Like, I'm saying, like, I'm working out with, you know, with my team and doing all this, we're, we're still, we're still at risk. We're not superheroes. Like, you know what I'm saying? I just want the NCAA to know that and just to, you know what I'm saying, be be more vocal. And I'm saying, like, they have all the power of the world. They kind of control what, we, what we're doing right now. And just, I want some, you know, we need some reassurance from, from those people that, you know, that we're going to be taken care of the right way and not just, you know, put aside or, you know, they're like, oh, they're football players. They, they're tough enough. They, you know, they can do this. They can do that. No, like, we're, you know, I'm saying we're humans too. So I just want, you know, just that reassurance that, that okay from, from the NCAA would be, it's kind of like that, um, not the deal breaker, but like, they, they definitely play a big role. Like, sure, a scholarship and, you know what I'm saying, it would be nice for if, if, if the football season is canceled, but like, I just want them to know that, like, I just want to know that the NCAA cares because they haven't for the, a long time. <laughs> well, good thoughts for Milo there. Um, again, it's, it, it probably took a lot of courage and uh, for him to be vocal the way he did. Um, you know, I don't think Illinois was necessarily happy with what he at said first, about right? at yeah. first, at first, because like, he said whoa. a blatant disregard. Um, but like I said, he later clarified in a tweet saying it was more about the NCAA and they're kind of in charge of everything. So what are they doing to take action and, and you know, be responsible for some of these athletes who, you know, would get sick? For- right. And that's part of the problem with this, though, in the college model here is like the NCAA is not essentially in charge. You know yeah. what I mean? It's the governing body body but at the same time it's up to the conferences Mm -hmm. it's up to each individual school to make these decisions and so that's where you have this big head-on collision here of like okay well if someone does get sick or die or needs hospitalization or whatever else how is this going to play out and Mm -hmm. and that's a real question and no one really has the answer to that at least right now and i think that's the big issue i thought all of milo's concerns were very fair yeah and very valid the problem is I don't think a lot of us have the answers right now. No one. Because no one knows. Yeah. Right? And that is the big problem with everything right now. We can sit here and speculate and come up with contingency plans and, you know, think about this or only playing conference games or no fans or whatever that may be. But at the end of the day, nobody knows right now because it's so quickly evolving and changing. And there's so many complexities to this virus. And I think as we've seen from the CDC and WHO and, and, and everyone else out there, including the scientists who are way smarter than me, it's not even right. close, right? I'm not trying to be pretend that I'm that smart, but things are changing all the time. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, when this virus first started, it was like, Oh, you don't need a mask, you know? And now it's, Oh, everyone's got to wear a mask, you know? And that that's okay. Things are going to change, but a lot will change six weeks from now. when you know, Illinois is supposed to start its quote unquote first practices. Right. So, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I do. But the one thing I do know is that 
Josh Whitman and college football athletic directors and conference commissioners want and need college football yeah. because it comes down to money. And yes, health is number one, and everyone's going to say that. There's going to be pressure for these students to come back because the athletic directors are going to keep pushing forward. They yeah. need college football to sustain their athletic departments. And that's just the reality of the situation. It comes yeah. down to money in that sense. And they've already missed out on a ton of money from missing yeah. March Madness. So if there's a way to play, they're going to play college football. Yeah, but I think we could see more, um, you know, coaches getting pay cuts and yeah, things like absolutely. that in order to kind of balance it all out. But while we're on the topic, I wanted to bring up some of the research from uh, Dr. Sheldon Jacobson. He's a computer science professor at the U of I, um, and I spoke to him this week. He said he was evaluating some of the the data that the CDC was putting out and kind of uh, was crunching some numbers and was trying to figure out how, uh, you know, COVID-19 would spread if football season were to happen. So he said if 13,000 football players this is across nationwide return to campus, that was the biggest thing. If they come back to campus and are intermingling with other students, 30 to 50 percent of players will test positive. Um, and he says across the country, four to seven could die. Obviously, those are in severe cases. And he also said, keep in mind, you know, college football players die from other external causes besides sure, yeah. COVID-19. So in reality, that's not too many, but there's still that small chance. Um, and with the Illinois team, he predicted around 1% to 6% would have a severe case. He said linemen were more at risk because of their, their weight. If there was anybody on the team that had diabetes. He also uh, talked about concerns with coaches. Lovey Smith, yeah, Lovey he's Smith an older guy. Like he's in that prime category yeah. of more at risk. Yeah, um, and he said... Uh, this is a quote that he said. He said, keeping these bubbles at the University of Illinois is absolutely critical. Also being transparent about the data. You can't try to hide it or cover up. It's not going to help everybody. He said the biggest thing was to share the numbers, to share if there were positive cases so that people can work together and, and understand, okay, what's working, what's not, which I think on Illinois' part, they haven't been releasing any of the numbers or positive right. cases to the public. To the public right. They're not sharing it with the Big Ten yes. or whatever else. They are sharing it with the players. Milo said when somebody does test positive, they're notified via email, whatever it may be, when somebody does test positive. So the players know if they've you know been in contact with somebody, but you know, sharing it to the public or you know people that are doing research like this might right. be beneficial and helpful. So. Sure, and I think that's important that they are sharing it with the players and letting them know, hey, you know, this person had it. If you've been in contact with them, whatever else, I think that communication in a, an environment like a team is really, yeah. really important. An environment like a workplace, I think you have that right to know those types of things when you're working so closely with other people. So the one thing I do know is that I don't know anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing that I do know about all of this. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's going it's, to change. It's confusing, I feel. Like, everyone says something different. The mask, this, the this yeah. doesn't work. Oh, it, it's, it's if you touch something, it's on there for 15 seconds. And then, it's like everyone right. has a different thing to say. Are you <laughs> sharing it if you're asymptomatic? Can you get it a second time? Yeah. Are there worse cases <laughs> than others? You know, like, all of these things, I think, are questions that yeah. I, I think it's just too premature in one sense to know. Like, it, there has to be more data to figure out okay, these test samples, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And you're putting all of these things into science, into action. And 
I don't know. We'll see. It, we'll see. I just we're we're coming up on a time here, Marley. I think we're a couple <sighs> weeks away where some big time decisions are going to have to be made. Yeah. There there gets to a point. I would say by, I'm just going to say July twentieth, mm-hmm. where which is not that far away, right? That's 17 days away. Where we're going to know, hey, the start of the football season is delayed or yeah. moved up, or we're going with it no matter what on no matter what quote unquote but like we're going with it as planned no changes or whatever that may be you know what I mean I think we're going to get to that point by the time that media day would normally be right and there's not going to be a big 10 football media day like normal right like in Chicago or wherever usually it's in Chicago but by the time that would normally be July 20th through the 30th somewhere in there or essentially three weeks away from right now Mm -hmm. I think we're going to know a heck of a lot more than we know a than we do sitting here today on July 3rd about yeah. what the fall will look like. We'll see. Hopefully there is. I'm trying to keep my morale up. I'm trying to keep yeah, hope. But it's, <laughs> it's tough. It really is. It's it's difficult to stay positive, yeah. at least for me. It has I mean, been. I just couldn't even imagine being the person that's in the position that needs to make these decisions. Yeah. Oh, it's... Whew. Yeah. And it's Power collective. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was told Josh Whitman's still meeting with all of the Big Ten athletic directors every right. single day along with the commissioner of the big 10 kevin warren they're all meeting every single morning still talking and you know trying to figure these things out you know that hasn't stopped I, mm-hmm. that's only going to continue for indefinitely yeah. you know, right now <laughs> as they try and work all this stuff out so i don't know i, I don't want josh whitman's job no, no 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 <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to figure this out and how you balance it right when when you have a player like milo speak out and and that's important i think mm-hmm. those player rights and the player uh thought process of like hey let's bring this stuff out in the forefront for such a long time it's just been kind of hidden right Mm -hmm. like hey don't speak out but now it's i feel like being more accepted yeah yes speak out you have rights as a player you know and and you have abilities to do these things and milo said on his thing he wasn't sure if his scholarship was still going to be there that that's been made pretty clear and I, i don't know if he was fully educated on that spot but like if he doesn't want to play, his scholarship's still going to be there mm-hmm. from everything that I understand. And that's going to be up to the player. And these are voluntary workouts so far, yeah. right? I mean, Milo's not back on campus. He is. Did he say he yeah, was back? Yeah, he's been back since June. Okay. Sorry. In Champaign. Okay. Missed that part. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they, that's voluntary. He doesn't have to be in Champaign. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, he doesn't ha- yeah. that's his choice in that. Right. But voluntary, I in the athletic world, voluntary just has such a Right. That's the stigma. innate pressure. Yeah. It's mandatory optional as i so, used to right. call it <laughs> fallen, you're voluntold yeah that's what i call it a lot right like you know workplace environments oh well i'm voluntold to be in on saturday to go go do a cleanup thing for the community right? yeah which is great but if you're not there if you're not there then how i mean it was voluntary for your team, right it's voluntary but we're expecting you to be here yeah. type of thing right <laughs> and we're not expecting you to write any hours down for saturday yeah I feel like that's kind of how that rolls. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am excited about the TBT coming back, the basketball tournament. It starts Ooh. on Saturday, tomorrow, July 4th, 7 o'clock on ESPN. And House of Pain House playing of Pain. War Tampa. I don't know who's on War Tampa. I haven't even looked at the roster. All I'm concerned about I is I think it Illinois. is a mix of Florida colleges and universities and Auburn alumni, okay, from nice. what I gathered. War Eagle and then Tampa, right? Yeah. There you go. Okay. 
Well, we'll see if we'll Illinois see. can make it past this first round. They're supposed to, though. The the higher seed, not by much. I think it's yeah, 17 and like 18. 16 or something. Yeah, something, something, yeah. You know, something like that. 16, 17, 18. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just excited to see some basketball. Excited to see Finally. how it's going to play out, <laughs> right? To see a Michael Finke back on the court. Seeing mm-hmm. Andres Feliz on an Alana uniform yeah. one last time. You know, it's a bummer. Revante Rice couldn't be in that. He signed a professional contract. Uh, back in Israel, so he's no longer on the roster. Mm-hmm. A couple guys there that were were announced that are no longer there. Yeah. You Corey know, but, Bradford. Yeah, Bradford, obviously. <laughs> expecting, did a story a, with him. expecting a baby boy soon. Seems slightly so. more important than playing. Right, right, TBT. right. I will give him that one. That seems like <laughs> a valid excuse. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just excited uh, to get to see some basketball yeah and and some names that we know and covered and familiar with it's about time it's about time and i'm excited personally because i didn't follow illinois when you know the malcolm hills the lebron blacks were were there so um and it'll be curious to see kind of how they all intermingle with each other how does andres felice play with michael finke all that kind of stuff so and i think that is such a big appeal too for the fans to want to see you know these different eras these different generations of basketball players play together essentially on uh kind of another illinois team so to speak We'll see. Uh, you know, Matt Mooney, another name that was supposed to be on there. He's a big-time shooter, and he signed a two-way deal with the Cavs, if I remember oh. seeing that right. So he's no longer on the roster. Uh, but I think they got a decent team here. Mm-hmm. I think they can make some noise. And if we do get a second-round matchup, it would be with Carmen's crew. <laughs> I saw that's on uh, July 9th, so it would be next Tuesday, was it? Wednesday, I think. Wednesday, right? yep, July 9th. Uh, yeah, that'd be right. Next Wednesday, that would be their second round game mm-hmm. uh, against Carmen's crew. I think they get a bye the first round. Yeah, because they're the ones. They're they are yeah. the defending champions yeah, from right. last year. So And Dimitri McKamey on that team, another former Illini from back in the, uh, the early part mm-hmm. of this last decade. So, hey, it could be fun, you know. Uh, I know. It'll be exciting. We'll see. <laughs> Playing for a million bucks. That's the Winner team. Winner take all. Yeah, and I, I think I read too, Molly, that it's up to the coach, manager, whoever, which is Mike Latula for Illinois, yeah. on how he divvies up that money. Right. I so, think it's... I don't know if it's all... It, it's not all It's equal, not all even. Right? I think it ranges from like 90000 to 150000 Okay. I think depending on your skill level. Right. Like if you're and, a big time player in that. Right. If you're, you know, I don't know. Let's just say you're... You know, Malcolm Hill, you're like, hey, I, do I get a guarantee if we win? I'm mm-hmm. sure some of those negotiations were thought right. of when you signed the contract to be on the team, right? Like, if we win, I'll take a cut of 140, mm-hmm. where someone else might take a cut of 90. Oh, I don't know. Imagine I mean, it's good being problems. able to sign a contract good like to that. Have, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm just excited <laughs> for that. So, Saturday night, 7 o'clock tomorrow night on ESPN. All right. Uh, MLB is back today. Just saw this on Twitter here, Marley, that... The tests have come back, and it's surprisingly positive here. The total number of positive tests out of the entire Major League Baseball test given, 38. So just 1.2% wow. of the 3,185 total. 31 of those 38 positives are players, 7 are staff members, and 19 different clubs have had one or more individuals test positive. I saw 13 clubs have no positives. Wow. I think that's a tremendous number for Major League Baseball from this first round of testing. Like, hey, okay, maybe we can do this. Right. Because if you had a – let's just say they had 150 so positives or something like that. Yeah. If their positivity rate was 7 8%, I think there would be big-time concerns even getting this thing off the ground today. Mm-hmm. 
But where? what's the point where, you know, going back a couple months ago, it took one positive. Right. Rudy Gobert testing positive and the entire sports world shut down. Yeah. Look how far we've come since then. Right. So I my concern is, you know, how many positive cases would be enough to shut things down or postpone it for a while um but i mean those numbers are great yeah i i was really encouraged to just see that right now yeah 1.2 percent i think is a a really really solid number for major league baseball i'll be curious to see where the mlb or where uh, the nba NBA, and nhl numbers are at i think the nba NBA in a bubble you feel like you could really keep that even more mm-hmm. limited in in that quote-unquote bubble yeah i think the recent number from the nba was like 28 i think they said somewhere in there but you also have to remember there's a lot less people tested yes. in that too yeah. right i mean there's let's say like 500 major league or oh. nba players yeah if that that's not about right yeah but i would say more probably less. less than that i think less yeah, there's 30 teams, right? Uh, I'm not, see, I'm not good at math. <laughs> <laughs> neither, neither am I, so I talk for a living. So if you've got 30 teams and each team has uh, 15 players, you know, you're not talking that many players. 450. Yeah, 450. So, you're right. You know, 28 on a scale of 450 is certainly a lot more than, than the, the 3,000. Now, that also includes all of the staff members. Right. So if you included the staff members of NBA and all of that, it might be closer to yeah. eight 900. Well, let me try and find that real number because it maybe wasn't 21. Maybe it was like 19 or something. But they did come out with a, a recent... Um, For those initial testing, right? Yes. That's not even in the bubble, though. So, you know, you get... Yeah. People in that bubble down in Orlando. Tim Sinclair is going to be there, the host of CI Living. Yeah. And the what Boys of Illinois basketball. I think that's phenomenal that he's going to get to go down and do that for six weeks. That's a lot of fun. Um, he does. He told me he has to stay in his room, though, Two for weeks. seven days. Oh, seven days? Okay. In his room. But yeah, I can't, can't leave, leave your room. <laughs> I hope he has room. some, some good books. Leave. Maybe probably no window or maybe just like a no, there's definitely a window in hotel door. I don't know. Patio. Yeah. You're at Disney, Hopefully he has like, a balcony. Hopefully right? has a if balcony. you have a balcony, I think that'd be a little bit better. Where I you could, could like, at least go outside, even if it's 90, 90 degrees yeah. outside and humid right in Florida. And, Oof. you know, no, July. it's probably brutal. I don't know if I would even want to leave. But you got to get out of the room. Oh, right? I know. I mean, yeah. Just to see the stir light crazy of day. In there. Oh, man. I don't know, like but he's got to stay in there jail. for seven days straight. They're going to bring him his meals. Yeah, what, they probably like leave door, it outside the door and all that kind of stuff. He can't do. He can't leave. I hope it's meals that he likes. What if you get <laughs> like right. something so. that you don't enjoy? He told me the second week, the second seven days, he can go out and be in the pool and all that kind of stuff. Oh, nice. Okay, people. that would get me through week he's one. Come if back I with was a great like, tan. That's what I. Yeah. Told him. Oh, he is. Good for him. <laughs> An exciting experience. He pumped up to go down there. I was chatting with him earlier this week. All right, Major League Baseball back. That's great for Joey Gerber, who is with the Seattle Mariners. He's mm-hmm. made their 60-man roster or the cut. Bravo. Just two years ago, he was at Illinois, and now he is on a 60-man club. And as a reliever, uh, we chatted with him earlier this week. He's super excited about the opportunity. Made it to double A uh, last year mm-hmm. on a pretty quick jump. He's made four stops in minor leagues in two years, was hoping to maybe make it to AAA this year and, you know, cement himself as one of the best prospects in their organization. But they really like his stuff. He'd been in Minnesota during this whole quarantine in the last three months, and he is in Seattle right now working out with the Mariners. So that's a great success awesome. story for Illinois. The bad part is is that Major League Baseball and minor league baseball just canceled all minor league games this year. Yeah. Which really sucks for guys like Garrett Acton, who 
interestingly enough, one day before the announcement that there was going to be no minor league baseball, signed a deal <laughs> with the Oakland Athletics. So it's almost perfect in that sense. That yeah, like they probably weren't going to sign any more players. Foot in the door after they announced that there's no season. Mm-hmm. Right? Why do you need to sign more players in that yeah. sense? Maybe locking them up long term, but like you know, you want to sign yeah. to play. And so he signs just 24 hours before they announce that there's no more minor league baseball this year. I just feel for all of the minor league cities around the country, mm-hmm. all those people that work for minor league teams. One summer during an internship, I intern, interned with a um, independent team. So like not a minor league team, but yeah. essentially like, you know, the ones that below minor leagues. And it was an experience for sure. But, you know, there's so many people that go into that concession yeah. workers and people with the organization and the team and clubhouse managers and all that kind of so stuff much, yeah. that now aren't going to have a job here until next year uh, or, you know, maybe furloughed. Yeah. I don't know what that might look like for them, but it just impacts so many people. Think mm-hmm. how many minor league teams there are all across the country, oh, you know, from hundreds. low A to advanced yeah. A to rookie ball to double A, triple A, all that. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of jobs and a lot of people impacted on that. So bigger I don't know. It was interesting. Just, yeah. Bigger than just the players and coaches. I feel People don't really think too much about, you know, maybe some of these external people right. that might be that make um, minor affected. league baseball what it is. Because minor yeah. league baseball is fun, right? You know, there's so many crowd interaction yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you're there. It's from a fan perspective, it's certainly not as serious, you know, mm-hmm. throwing stuff in the stands, you know, getting people on the field, mm-hmm. doing games, all that kind of stuff. Way more relaxed feel than when you go to a major yeah. league game. So I don't know. I, that just struck me this week of like how many people that's really going to affect. Yeah. You know, but there are still some summer leagues this year. We did a story this week about <laughs> the current Illini playing in the Northwoods League and really all across uh, the Midwest area here. Mm-hmm. They've got players, you know, playing in these summer leagues, and that's going to continue. You know, mm-hmm. these guys that did not get a season with Illinois or only got 12, 13, 14 games. I think it was 12 with the Illinois teams across the country, you know, were in that kind of less than 20 game threshold before the season got canceled. They're back out playing again. Yeah, must you know, feel the, good. The guys were excited to just kind of get those sounds of <laughs> summer back, you know, of, hey, let's go out and play some baseball again. I don't know. It's At some point, in just my opinion, you've got to, like, continue, right? You've got to just move mm-hmm. on here or, like, be accepting of there's going to be cases, right? Like you said, Rudy Gobert shut it all down with one positive test, and here we are four months later, and it's like, yeah, okay, well, our positivity rate is 1%. We're good with that, you know, or less than 1%. Mm-hmm. I yeah <laughs> it's just I I it's the thing that I say over and over I feel like we can't we can't live in fear you know at some point we have to move on sure. I don't think anything is ever going to be back to quote-unquote normal and we're now in this not for the foreseeable normal. future right, right? where right. we're like walking around with no masks or the yeah. reminders of six feet at target line or whatever that may mm-hmm. be I think it's gonna be years before we get to that point where those things are kind of like Oh, yeah, I remember that summer of 2020 when things happened, yeah. you know? <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope it's this is going to be a thing of the past and we're not living this reality oh, five years from now. <laughs> I hope so. The one thing I think has made some positive change out of all of this, right, and George Floyd's killing and all of that, like it's all kind of just come together in what's been 2020. And people, yeah. same thing with Milo, right, speaking up. Like, Illinois has, I think, done a pretty good job of giving us its athletes and allowing them a platform to speak Absolutely. up through all of this, which I've been appreciative of, right, F- not only for the players, but like that we're able to tell those stories. Mm-hmm. That those things are being passed along, you know, but uh, with the Redskins today coming out and saying they're going to review it, in my mind, that just means that 
this is going to change. Yeah. Like, you I don't mean, it's about time. You don't change it. But, like, yeah, it, of course it's time. Oh, okay. The racist symbol. It's the yes. same thing that happened in Illinois back in 2007 when the Chief was retired. Yeah. Right? And was no longer at Illinois games. It just makes sense, right? Yeah. It's, it's probably and it is the right thing to do no matter, you know, tribe tongue, what your color is, your skin, anything else. We can all realize that this is a racist symbol, yeah. right? And all of these things have come about because of a terrible thing, right? But people having mm -hmm. more freedom to speak up and let's get to a place of equality and love and all of that kind of stuff. It's a team mascot. Yeah. Are people really going to be outraged that it's it's changed? Yeah. What is something like fun and cooler? Like the Washington, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't have a good na mascot name for it, but it's a team mascot, right? I mean, that's literally all it is. And you can say that it's heritage and whatever else, and, and maybe those intentions were well warranted mm -hmm. at the start. But in 2020, it's not 1920. Things are a yeah. lot different now. You know, I feel like we've come a ways in that. We certainly have a long, longer ways to go. But we're, I feel like, moving yeah. towards some direction here and some positivity for our world and some change. Absolutely. And I feel like it almost took a global pandemic for the world to pay attention to some of the issues that are facing yeah. our country. As bad as it sounds, I feel like because, you know, people were not living their normal lives and going about doing what they were doing, it, you know, shifted the attention towards, you know, some other important things in our country as well. Because well. we're creatures of habit, right? We don't, we do not like being told in America what we can and can't do, right? <laughs> I think that's come up with these mask things and people saying you should wear a mask and, you know, where they can't necessarily... Yeah quote-unquote require you to do that they're strongly encouraging you people to wear a mask right and people oh this is america you can't tell me to not wear a mask yeah. or if I unless they make a it mask, a law or sure but how are they going to enforce that that's yeah. that's the biggest question i have right that's why it's an executive order from governor pritzker mm -hmm. but like it can't be a law in that sense because there's no way you could enforce it right yeah I and mean, it's up to each individual business to say hey if you come into our store please wear a mask you yeah. know and you have the right of refusal to not wear a Hey, we can, we're going to kick you out of our store if you don't wear a mask, right? And we've seen that play out on social media <laughs> several times. And, and they don't want to leave. That's not ended well. Yeah. Uh, that woman at Walmart or whatever that I saw, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, people, what are you doing? But It was in Florida, wasn't it? Uh, probably. These, probably. These things just coming start keep coming back to Florida here. <laughs> got a trend yeah. here or what? Floridians are really just not <laughs> caring. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do and when I can and yeah. can't do it, right? Welcome to America. Well, it was interesting. I was talking to a friend whose family lives in Colombia, and it was very strict there. They said, you know, on your driver's license, you know, I have all the numbers, da-da-da-da. Ones with odd numbers could only go out on this days, yeah. and ones with even numbers this day. If you were out when you weren't supposed to, you got fined. I mean, sure. other places are way more strict. So I feel grateful that we're in a position where we're still able to have some freedom with this if i have to wear a mask when i go to a grocery store that's not the end of the world no i'll be but okay for some people for some people it is, it is yeah right, you know i don't know that's uh oh boy yeah <laughs> are sports back yet can we just get sports back yeah. tomorrow in a sense tbt yeah we're gonna hope on that and, and uh you know be thankful for yeah. that lastly here i want to wrap up our three-in-one podcast with stone creek and illinois golf getting a huge donation 15 plus million from the atkins group as they donate Stone Creek Golf Club to the U of I. So it's going to be about 300 acres of land total, about 70 parcels of land that are going to be sold 
and then that profit's going to go to U of I mm -hmm. instead of going to the Atkins Group. You know, for all these properties at Stone Creek, the golf course is obviously the biggest thing. And giving men's and women's golf at Illinois a quote unquote home, they've called that their home for several years, but they don't play any events there. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how you can really have a home if you don't live there, so to speak. Yeah, it's almost like a neutral site. It's like um, the University of Miami plays their football games at Hard Rock Stadium and they're like, oh, this is our home. But it's like, no, that's where you play at the Dolphins Stadium. It's right, just, but isn't that yeah. like 45 minutes from Yeah, campus? it's not even, yeah, it's not even close to campus. Because the campus is in Coral Gables, Coral Gables, right? which is like south of Miami. And then... Isn't the Hard Rock Stadium... In, in Miami Gardens, north? yeah. yeah. The, Miami Gardens is almost in Broward County, which right. is like Fort Lauderdale area. I don't know if anyone's familiar with the Florida geography. But I knew it wasn't <laughs> close in that. No, sense. it's not at all. So it's kind of like that. I mean, Stone Creek is a lot closer to. <laughs> sure. They're still in Urbana. You know, you're just down uh, Windsor there. I think it is. And, you know, you get you right. know, Stone Creek. But uh, they're going to redo the course. I think that's the other big thing. And it's going to be open to the public, which mm -hmm. for me is a big golfer. That's music to my ears. Now, is it going to be affordable for most? I asked Josh Whitman that. It's too premature. I knew it was, but I wanted to ask the question of what he yeah. thought his range would be. I'm guessing between sixty and eighty-five bucks. Yeah. What's like around. typical? What kind of course are you playing? That's the I question. don't know. I don't. Well, I don't know. Where do you go to play? <laughs> I went to Stone Creek because I got a deal that was twenty-six bucks with a cart. I'm not going to get that anymore at Stone uh, Creek. Yeah. But it's also going to be a higher quality course. So are you willing to pay a little bit more to play? higher quality course that's yeah. that's the big question i would say with a card about 40 bucks yeah is, is an average course around here they now, should if have you go one to of florida those... you're going to change big time there i mean you'd be paying you pay a couple hundred bucks around to play in florida hmm. um, but you know that's the difference of style of course right. you know and so uh, i think if you go to the orange course orange and blue course in champagne or in savoy sorry you're probably going to pay between 35 and 45 yeah, bucks for around bad. with a card so not terrible, mm -hmm. but this is going to be more expensive than that. Yeah. But it's also going to be a championship style course. So it's going to be different. Uh, I'm very curious how they're going to extend the yardage from the back tees. Mike Small told me he's thinking between 500 and 750 yards to make it a lot tougher for those mm -hmm. guys. It's a nice course. It's somewhat difficult, but you can spray it. So you can be all around the course and still find your ball and, and play around it, which I love because I don't hit it straight very often at all. <laughs> But for, you know, high-level caliber players on the college side, it's not that hard of a course. Yeah. So they need to extend it so the course can have a chance to defend itself. They're going to put in new bunkers. They're going to make the greens way faster. All positive things, I think, for Champaign to, to get that higher-level course. This will be the nicest, and I think Stone Creek was to begin with, this will be the nicest public course in a 50- to 75-mile range. Yeah, probably you know? good for um, just the local economy. As sure. Well. Yeah. And getting the course back open, it was closed in January. It's been closed since then. The mm -hmm. future of the property was in big time question because the Atkins group couldn't manage it anymore or didn't want to at a loss. Yeah. They were claiming that they were losing money every single year. You know, big time business breaking news here. If you lose money, it doesn't work very long. <laughs> what? <laughs> Imagine that. So, you know, they decided to close it. I talked about making it like a prairie area, maybe some horse barns. Mm -hmm. I don't know, all oh. sorts of different walking paths, all this kind of stuff that for golf course lovers, you're like, no, but this is a nice course. Let's keep this open. Yeah. You have to make profit margins and cut your bottom lines there. So uh, for me, I'm just excited it's still open. U of I is going to be excited because they can hopefully host a tournament there, a regular season tournament, or more importantly for Mike Small, he was more focused on an NCAA regional. Oh. The Big Ten tournaments are not at campus sites anymore, okay. and they don't plan to be for a long time. 
according to Small. But the NCAA regionals are hosted by schools. And cool. so that next step in between you know, your Big Ten tournament or your conference tournament, to get to nationals, you have to make it to an advance out of the regional. And so for Illinois to be able to host, there's no bigger advantage in sport, in my opinion, than golf, right? Because if you're the host, you know the course, you're comfortable mm-hmm. with it, you know the greens, the breaks, all that kind of stuff. That's the biggest home quarter you know, advantage yeah, never thought of that. In, in sport in my eyes. And so for Illinois, that could be huge mm-hmm. advancing out. And they haven't been able to do that because Stone Creek just wasn't nice enough. So this is a big time uh, for them. $15 million donation. Josh Whitman thought it was maybe the second biggest donation ever in Illinois athletics history. The that first one being, any guesses? Was it the Smith Center? The Smith Center, yeah. yeah. Henry Dale and Betty Smith, $20 million mm-hmm. uh, gifted towards the U of I. Oh, we got that kind of money, right? You know, I <laughs> thought about donating that kind of money, but but you know, but I don't have it. Saving so it for that. other things. <laughs> I think the biggest thing with this for you, Brett, is you need to pitch to have one of those like media golf outings oh, on the grand opening. I'm sure there's going to be a press conference, have the yeah. media go and, uh, play a couple I'm rounds. all about the golf outings if I free <laughs> golf I'm gonna be there whether yeah. that's the sales that's people in our station you know like, hey we got a we got a golf outing this Friday are you in um, yes I am yes is it so free yeah. maybe is maybe there prizes just... is there lunch is there breakfast? lunch that's the we love a good lunch <laughs> if I don't have to come back and anchor are there uh, beverages involved in this I think oh they're all good questions adult beverages and they're all free that's the best that part sounds like heaven minus the golf <laughs> right so i could just drive the golf cart around if you want to invite me i'll um, i'll be the caddy okay you got yourself a deal okay let's make it work sounds good <laughs> all right sounds good that's gonna do it for this week on the three in one podcast from molly weird i'm brett barons we'll do it again next week thanks for t-